You're listening to Tech Talk Central. I'm here at 4YFM. This is Vicky Kolovo for Tech Talk Central. And I'm here with uh, someone I, I actually told him, I think, I, I heard him last night on Mobile Sunday. I found him quite controversial. He's a Gregor Gimme from BMW uh, Garage. So it's a... Um, what is it, Gregor? Thank you for being with us. Well, we call ourselves a venture client unit, which means we're not an accelerator, we're not venture capital, we're not an incubator. A venture client is a unit that works with startups at an early stage. And what we do, we buy the technology of a startup when it's still not ready for the market. And we are kind of like the early adopter of that technology. The startup gets paid revenue for us to use that early version of their product. We integrate it into our, into our, into our system, be it a car, be it a factory, and, uh, and see if it works. And by that, basically, the startup can get BMW as a client, as a reference client at a very, very early stage of the company evolution and that's very beneficial for the startup and for us it's very good because we get uh, to collaborate with the startup in a very early stage too. But how do you judge them? They're really, I guess they're quite early. You see a technology in paper or is it has it moved at least to an MVP or something? Well, we can build up on great work that's being done by accelerators and by seed stage venture capitalists. And what we have is that we have a process of analyzing, doing some kind of due diligence on the startup. We set a bunch of preconditions for us um, to be able to work with the startup. So it needs to have a functional prototype. It needs to have some professional venture capital, even though it's early stage, or they have to have graduated from a accelerator like a Y Combinator or like a 500 startups. And if we see that those basic criteria are met, then we go into a, a, a due diligence of the technology together with our engineers. So, for example, there's a, there's a company that does maybe something interesting around hydrogen, correct? Then we do the first vetting of the quality of the startup, see if they meet the basic criteria, if they have something we can work with. And then as a next stage, we bring the startup together with, a, with uh, the team that uh, works with hydrogen. And, and, and have them interact with the startup to ask them, you know, for their requirements. And if we see, and that's very important now, if those engineers see that there's potential that this startup is really better than anything else we have in our own system or that we have with other partners, uh, then we basically start a proof of concept, a, a co-innovation project in which the startup uh, gets a requirement to kind of you know implement the technology into a BMW. It's a paid pilot project. For that, the startup gets a purchase order and a supplier number. And the startup, and that's very very important. They work with that engineering team, and they work on a partnership kind of client supplier relationship. And um, and they get to work on the real on the real thing, on the real car, with the real people and a real project. And, uh, and that's a very fast way for us to really validate and get to know the technology of a startup. There's no exclusivity, there's no IP that we ask from the startup, and um, there's no contract that they need to sign. The only thing that's really out there is an NDA. 
which is mutual uh, because um, we don't talk about the startups that are part of our, our, our system because they're part of a real innovation project and innovation is very secret. And at the same time, we also don't want to, you know, do marketing with startups and we don't want mar uh, startups to go out there and tell the world what innovations we're working on either, correct? Which is, which is I guess, uh, normal. I get the rigorous process, so there's a rigorous vetting process, and um, but does that mean you look for IPs? You might not, you know, are you looking at research centers, at spin-offs, at teams? Because the kind of things you're talking about, I have a feeling that it's not like any common startup in any startup garden to pick out of. Um, do you look at, uh, do you chase where you see intellectual property already or a potential for them to file for an IP? Or do you look at research centers? Or is it just anywhere, only accelerators? And Well, we have a system where we both just have startups contact us proactively and where we go proactively to startups. And we find startups or startups find us that come out of you know, both university-based accelerators and um, and also recommendations by venture capitalists. And we really go for anything from deep, deep technology, like, for example, this hydrogen example I just uh, gave you, um, which is one area we're looking at and we're talking to a bunch of startups. But other can be very basic, um, um, you know, mobility services around, you know, servicing your car that that wouldn't have a very strong technology IP but uh, they may have a very interesting business model um, that um, that could plug into ours. Okay, so give me a little bit of numbers. So you said you're two years, and uh, how many startups do you have? And uh, uh, but how many startups have approached you, and you're working even if you're vetting them? And how many do you have some form of NDA, any form of agreement? Okay. Well, we made it a policy not to talk about those numbers because we don't want to go into the process of you know, competing with others for whatever, we have that much uh, startups in the program or that much applications. What we look at are touch points uh, with startups. You know, we can have a touch point at a conference, we can have a touch point because they write us, we can have a touch point because they apply through the normal process or because we uh, venture capitalist calls up and says here to startups, uh, let's, let's chat. So to count those numbers doesn't really make much sense. I think the important thing is that our program does not it's really something that's not limited by batches. It's not limited by the amount of startups that can fit into a room for three months because the startups do not need to move to BMW. They can stay wherever they are. We have startups from you know Scandinavia, we have startups from North America, Israel, Germany, France, and uh, because they conduct their project, um, to, for, for example, to, to, to build that prototype at their home base, and then they come to Munich for a day or two or a week, and they work directly with the engineering team and not with me. Then we have 10,000 engineers, so if you make the numbers, I mean, the number of startups we can take in with that system is significantly higher than with any incubator approach, which is always limited by, you know, by the square footage of your room. No, I get that. You've obviously got vast resources. And uh, I, from the beginning, I wouldn't expect it to be like an incubator, except if it was for marketing reasons. But you're talking about actual innovation, finding the spark, I'm guessing. So uh, this was, from what I, I see in your card, you're the founder. This was your idea. 
So were you working with BMW and you approached the right people and um, showed them the concept? How did it happen? Okay. Well, uh, I've been at BMW now for five years. And before that, I founded my own companies. There were about four companies in total, um, both in Silicon Valley and in Europe. And um, that was well, the, the previous 12 years. And BMW approached me to help them set up new innovation competencies five years ago. So when I joined, I first set up an internal kind of design thinking group because my experience way back when in Silicon Valley was working with IDEO, so I have a, 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 an experience in that field. But when I, when I set up that internal team, I saw that there is huge potential that's really untapped um, to bring in innovation through startups. So this was an innovation resource which was already used by BMW, but extremely inefficiently. Why? Because engineers by themselves were maybe going to a conference like this one. They may meet a startup and they may be excited about the technology, but there was no way they could work with them because they would have to do, you know, six to 12 months of contract negotiation. They wouldn't get a purchase order or a supplier number from purchasing. So they would like to work with a startup, but it took them like over a year, uh, even longer, maybe to establish. And you can imagine that Many engineers who would like to work with startups were just frustrated by that process and a lot of potential was left outside. So I saw that need and on the other hand I saw the need that startups have great technology for automotive, anything from the factories, anything around IoT, robotics, cybersecurity, um, autonomous driving, new battery, chemistry, new materials, but the startups couldn't really find the right people efficiently within BMW. So basically I said, well, we need to set up. And then I thought, well, we need to do something more. And then obviously initially my thought was, let's do an accelerator. But then I asked myself, what can I offer to a startup that would make them come to me instead of going to Y Combinator that would have an offer from Y Combinator at the same time? And I said, nothing. If I set up an accelerator, I will end up with all the startups who didn't get into Y Combinator. And I didn't want that. So what could I offer to them? I said, well, at the end of the day, what they really need is a client relationship. And the sooner they get a client, a real client, with a purchase order, with a real project, the better it is for the startup. They, I will not be in competition with Y Combinator or with Venture Capitalist. I will be the next stage. And, and that's a very strong value proposition to the startup because they get to see if their product works in a real setting and they get revenue and they can claim BMW as their client, which increases their valuation, which helps them... And it also increases their self-motivation, correct? Because BMW is a very strong, uh, interesting first client and they get very strong also feedback, but really the feedback they need. So we, we are not doing mentoring of startups, we are doing clienting of startups. So a client is your best mentor, correct? I would like this to work, this and that. The sensor needs to work at a minus 100 degrees in Alaska and it needs to go through this and this test. This is all in knowledge. They wouldn't get from a mentor, they only get that from a client and our and we being a client and paying the startup for that project is also a much stronger motivation for us to be really asking for the requirements we need as opposed to dragging engineers into some kind of one monthly mentoring session, which is kind of... So I think this venture client approach then, it occurred to me and I also said, well, I, 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 I coined the term venture client because I thought it kind of makes sense, kind of VC, venture client instead of venture capital. 
and, um, and, and, and that helped also kind of communicate internally and externally what that is, and, and, and it's working out great. Um, I get it. Okay, so it's German efficiency. Efficiency. You solved all the problems of the logistics engineers getting to startups and startups getting to engineers. Do you offer anything else? Does BMW or the resources you have help them with you know, common stuff like logistics, their own logistics or um, marketing or, you know, because BMW also does great marketing. Um, so do you help them on that case? And what happens if they get hooked with you? You know, like a bad relation. What I mean by that is what if they're so pleased that they have BMW as a client, are they willing to, when they've progressed, go out and demand to find other clients also? Do you push them out of the nest? Okay. Well, firstly, we like to think of the relationship with startup that they help us and not we them. Because if a startup is not doing something that we cannot do by ourselves and that's critical for us to improve our products, then the relationship won't work. So really, we're looking to startups to help us. Now that we have some, a startup that has great technology, obviously, we are, we are setting up and uh, we're, we're trying to make it as easy as possible for the startup to get to know BMW. So we arrange networking sessions. We tell them about the automotive industry, how it works, what are the BMW internal purchasing processes, quality processes, all those things that they may not know because they may not even come from the automotive industry. And then obviously for us, as uh, the startups we work with generally already have decided and defined that they obviously need to work for more than one company. And, um, and as they already come with venture capital um, and or some acceleration program, they already have the mindset of, of growing a global, uh, a, a, a global you know, company. And, and, and for, for them, working with the BMW startup garage is just a very you know, good step, basically fast track into the automotive vertical. Okay, um, I'm not going to ask you what you have against accelerators or incubators. It was obvious from your responses. But um, I want to ask you, how do you see the playing field when it comes to countries or let's say Europe versus uh, Americas? Um, where do you find the most interesting startups or projects coming towards you? Is there a big difference between Europe and the States? Well, there's certainly a big difference now in terms of the number of good acceleration programs and good early-stage venture capitalists. I mean, definitely there's a strong density of those in Silicon Valley, and there's also a strong density of those uh, in, um, in Israel. And um, so that's in terms of engineering talent, in terms of people creating interesting deep technology, uh, we see um, they really come from all over the world. So we see strong out of Germany, obviously, we see uh, Finland, uh, kind of Scandinavian countries. Israel is a great country for, um, um, for deep technology and obviously everything that's on the, on, on the West Coast. So I think the biggest opportunity for Europe to advance on is in creating more of those kind of early stage infrastructure that helps an engineer with a great IP to do the first steps towards establishing a company and towards creating a first uh, functional prototype so we can from there on work with a startup even though it's still a startup on this client um, uh, partnership relationship. Is this the model, a model that you would uh, 
suggest to somebody to, uh, to another company to replicate in another industry might not be in the automobile industry but it's the way I hear it sounds quite logical to me um, and it's uh, but would you suggest it is it easy do you think it's it's doable by the industry players it would be extremely beneficial if more corporates would accept that model even in our if, if in our industry I mean for example if you think about corporate venture capital I mean most corporates have some kind of corporate venture capital so why shouldn't also most corporates have some kind of uh, venture client unit um, that would make it much easier for startups to gain access to business clients and to get an early success or early failure or early then iteration and um, and, and and corporates could um, you know could could integrate a bigger number of startups and that would in general be a very strong kind of catalyzer of of, of, of startup dynamics with corporates what would you suggest? There is the issue of when you hear about corporate, it's like they want to steal your idea. I'm not saying it's logical, but that's the... I've seen um, companies and they say that if we help a startup, the, the product belongs to us or the idea or we have to gain something from it. Obviously, you're gaining, but it's quite clear what it is you're gaining. But as you say, it's not like it belongs to you. You're, you're all, it's a win-win situation. What would you tell them that, um, what do they have to win and they should just forget owning people or ideas or IPs? Well, firstly, I would, I would think that a, a top startup, a really good startup, um, that's not something you can just steal. If you have an idea for a company and you sit in front of Mark Andreessen, and you tell him, I have a really great idea, but every, everybody can steal it, guess how much money you would get from this guy? I mean, the first question is, what do you have? How big is your market? What pain do you solve? And how do you protect your thing? So if you, you have something you can't protect, you have a hard, you know, you'll, you'll have a hard time growing any kind of business, correct? So um, it's not, as a startup, my suggestion would be do not if you, if you have a strong fear that people will, anybody, I mean, you will be copied. If you're copyable, you will be copied by a corporate or by a startup. You'll be copied by anybody, correct? If it, if it turns out to be an interesting thing, correct? So I, I think startups need to have some, some kind of IP that's pro protectable. If, if Microsoft comes to us with, you know, an IP for a new whatever Microsoft Office kind of thing, then, you know, it works. It lets us do our job and we don't want that IP, correct? So I think... It's, it's my, my question is on the opposite side. Actually, since you mentioned Microsoft, we once did an event inside uh, a room, that a building that Microsoft provided, and everybody said they're listening and they're going to steal the ideas. So my question is, on the corporate side, what you're saying, I want to work with them, and then on a, on a transparent level, actually do business both ways but what do you say to those corporations that think that once a startup gets any form of help even space a working table that suddenly it belongs to them i've, I've heard that yeah then well that's I, I i do not understand companies who do that because as soon as you go to a startup and say if you sit at my table my ip belongs to me then what they end up getting is very bad startups that's i mean I think that says it all. Um, Gregor, we could 
talk a lot more hours. You're quite interesting. Thank you very much for being with us. Thank you very much for the opportunity to share. So this interview will play tomorrow in our broadcast. That was Gregor Gimme from BMW Garage. I'm sure we'll be hearing more things from them. So this is Vicky Kolovo for Tech Talk Central. Goodbye. You're listening to Tech Talk Central.